Have you felt misunderstood by the people in your life? Do you feel like you still need to establish more of your identity? Would you like to set up stronger boundaries with family and loved ones? Would you like to experience more self-acceptance? In today's episode on Root Awakening, a health podcast, we are talking with Mars Black. Mars is an illustrator and a hand-poked tattoo artist. Mars is such a beautiful soul and she's just such a joy to listen to. Mars has had quite a journey through life establishing her identity and connecting with her family and cultivating self-acceptance. And these life experiences that Mars has had are so relatable, certainly to me, and I think they will be for you too. Most of us have felt like an outcast before at some point in our lives, and Mars explains this type of experience in such a beautiful way. So today we are talking about identity, we're talking about sexuality, we're talking about self-acceptance, we're talking about LGBTQ community support, and we're talking about boundaries in this episode. Mars tells us about what it was like for her to grow up queer with adoptive parents, and through the experiences that she has had, Mars has been able to do a lot of exploring within herself to become really in touch with who she is and feel really confident about what she likes and establish honest and open relationships with loved ones in her life. So in this episode, Mars teaches us how to start tough conversations and stand up for ourselves, how to fully accept our sexuality no matter how we define our sexuality. She teaches us how to continue to be introspective and work on our own self-acceptance. She teaches us how to better support the LGBTQ community. This episode is packed with important information and it's a super intimate conversation between Mars and I. We both talk about our sexuality and our experiences around that. You are not going to want to miss a second of this episode. Mars is a human being that is so special to me, and I'm so honored to share our conversation with you. This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the CEO of Root Awakening and an intuitive health coach, and I help you hear what the universe wants to tell you about how to heal. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. Say hi. Tell me what you think about this episode. Tell me what you think about Mars and my conversation with each other. Tell me what you think about the podcast in general. I'm happy to connect with you all and I serve my clients through intuitive body readings. So my intuitive body reading sessions are one-to-one. They are over Zoom, where I use my third eye to read your body and will listen to what the universe or source or God or spirit wants me to communicate about what you need to know in order to heal and what you need to do in order to start truly enjoying your life in a fulfilling way. I also help my clients find and strengthen romantic relationships, including your romantic relationship with yourself. So channeling about love and sensuality has become a big part of how I help my clients. And this is such a great time for me to talk about the topics that Mars and I are going to talk about here because we go over so much about sexuality and accepting ourselves and loving ourselves. It's one of my favorite topics to work on with my clients. So I'm so excited to share this conversation with you you and my guides in my sessions when I work with my clients my guides give me all of the information in these sessions so these readings are 100% channeled and 100% spirit you can book 30 minute or 60 minute readings with me head to the link in my bio on instagram at emilys.rootawakening to book a reading all right let's get into this episode with mars black illustrator and hand poke tattoo artist hey everybody Folks, we have a very special, very chill episode today. It's going to be heartwarming as fuck, I can already tell. I'm super, super excited to chill with my very close, lovely friend, Mars Black. She is with me today to create this episode and have a really free-flowing recording with me. Um, Mars is an illustrator and a hand poker. She is just an amazing human being who has had quite a journey in life and has just acquired so much wisdom from these experiences, which we are going to get into. And Mars has a lot to say just on identity in general and setting boundaries in your life and accepting change 
changes in your life and uh, forgiving your inner child. And there's just, there's been so much evolution with that in her life. And I'm so excited to get into these topics with her. So Mars, I'm so happy and honored to have you here. Welcome to Root Awakening, a health podcast. What a welcome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna, I just like, my cheeks are hurting. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like two minutes in only. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I Mars, I would love to just start out talking about your background and your early life in general. So we know we're going to talk a lot about identity today. So can you tell us a little bit about what got you here to this moment and also how your early life has affected your identity? Yeah, I also wanted to quickly bring up just like how we know each other, because I think it's my favorite story to like tell just, I don't know, but it's so funny that we literally went to the same high school and I had totally looked up to you as an artist to artists because your work was like in the office. And it's so funny that we also went to Kendall together and then we're here. And the first time I actually met you in person, person I gave you a hand poke tattoo. It's just such a weird, awesome relationship. And I'm really glad that it's blossoming. I mean, it's gotten to this point. So mm. that's awesome. Um, I love that. I love that. <laughs> So funny, Mars. I usually talk about how I've met my guests, and this time I didn't because we're just going with the flow. And I think I didn't. Yeah, I love it, and I think that it was meant to be that way so you could share that. And yeah, we have such a strong energetic connection, and yeah, to Mm. have to just like meet you like that immediately and get hand poked by you. Yeah, it's special. It's special. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. Yeah, um, a little bit about me, I guess. So this whole episode is just really just finding my identity. And I think all of us are still trying to find that like year after year. But I think for me, so I was adopted and I was adopted from Paraguay in South America. It's literally the heart of South America. And so I was brought up by to my parent, my adopted parents, parents. And basically, I guess just finding myself altogether from having white parents. It was just altogether trying to figure out like, I I still wanted to like feel good about my culture and like understand my own culture, but it's not like I was living in Paraguay and growing up with my family, my biological family, and also finding my, like my queerness in early years and just figuring that out. So just a ton of things I was trying to figure out as a kid dressing really tomboyish and trying to figure that out. And when I go to school and having weird interactions with people that don't understand why I dress the way I dress or just a whole handful of things that I had to firsthand just kind of like figure out. And I think to an extent, there's like some of us that, you know, look a certain way and in society we don't fit in quite like altogether. (laughs) But so I guess just to tie that together, basically, I guess I, as I am now, I'm just trying to figure everything out creatively. And I've, I've come to a point where I'm just, I'm so content in who I am, even though I'm still trying to figure it out. And it's a lot more confidence in the last couple of years. And that's really important. And I guess that's kind of just me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. And we got like you touched on a lot of points already in your description of how you were growing up that a lot of people I think would identify with just feeling like by default, there is there are already things to figure out with your identity, right? And that's true for all of us. But through some of your specific experiences, it may have become really clear really early on in life, like, okay, I need to figure out what my identity is for myself because other people don't define me. And I think Mm -hmm. that for other people, sometimes it takes a lot longer because they kind of try to just like squeeze in with society. I know I did that a long time with my sexuality because for example, like I am interested in all genders sexually. So I could kind of like sneak by dating guys Sure. I'm a girl. I could like sneak by as a straight person, but eventually Mm -hmm. I had to come to terms with the fact that like, I'm not only attracted to guys. So I need to like accept that part of my identity. But would you say Mars that for you, there was there, you really had to 
like you begin the journey with your identity a lot earlier than maybe a lot of other people just because of what happens in your life. Oh yeah. I think just realizing when you're different and you kind of have to blend in with your classmates when you're when you're younger and there's things that I were I was like not looking forward to like gym class I would just not look forward to like how they would split boys and girls for teams and mm. and just little things like that so you know like for someone like you obviously like yeah you could pass in society and upfront me I'm very like tomboyish like want to you know play both sides of sexuality like mm-hmm. uh, gender which is also another thing that's so like you know we all think a certain thing when we're growing up and like <laughs> that associate with sex and it's very confusing to find that in myself too and be okay with you know is it too much that I dress like a boy is it too much that I you know do something that's more masculine or or want to and so luckily my my adoptive parents have, were very like open to me being gay and coming out again like that coming out is was still like nerve-wracking to my parents and I didn't have too many problems with friends but it was still like I'm different Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah and just kind of relearning and fitting in with my other classmates when I was younger it was like they accepted me my classmates accepted me but you know when I go out in the world (laughs) like it was just like another thing Mm -hmm. to kind of worry about when I go to the bathroom like is someone going to stop me and ask if like, are you a girl? And like, just, that was like my biggest thing in in grade school. I hated going to the bathroom Mm. and it's such a, it's such a like weird thing, but it kind of, I don't know. It was kind of like a little bit of a trauma, but I'm okay now. Like today I don't care. (laughs) Like I don't care. Like what if someone stares at me in the bathroom? I don't care. Yeah. But it makes yeah. sense that that would be a thing, though. Like, I would totally think the same. Like, being like, in sixth grade, it wouldn't exactly. be Exactly. Like, you like, just <laughs> don't know. You don't know. And maybe you... Exactly. Kids are mean. Especially sixth grade. Oh, my God. That was really the first year that I was like, God. What's, <laughs> I mean, I was probably part of the problem, too. But I was like, geez, what's everyone's problem all of a sudden? Like, right. that weird... The weird middle between stage. And then yes. similar, right? But I'm curious, Mars, what was the first, do you remember the first time where you had that realization of, oh, I feel really different than a lot of my classmates? Like what came first? Was it like just you naturally gravitating to like more tomboy style or yeah, what was it? What was like your first experience with that? Yeah, I definitely clung sorry I definitely was into like what I wore and I think it also came with my short hair too and I think I just had to fit a mold in to like oh if I have short hair then I should I mean I wanted short hair I didn't really put my hair out and I absolutely hated dresses so it basically was just what I wore was how I wanted to present myself to the to the world and yeah just girly clothes were just not my favorite thing and I kind of there's yeah, even when I would go shopping with my mom, I also felt sort of like I got anxiety going to, you know, I don't know, JC Penny with her and going to the boys section because I didn't want her to follow me. But she knew, she knew that I like tomboy clothes, but mm-hmm. still, I didn't want to, you know, be like looked at. Why is that kid that looks like a girl in the boys section or looks like a boy in the girls section? I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just a whole like, should I be here? And I don't want to, I was too worried about what other people thought when I was younger. And just, I think that's when, just realizing I care about what other people, you know, perceive me as, like, that's when I kind of (laughs) knew. Yeah. But when you're, when you're a lot younger, you don't care. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why children are so ingenious because they're closer. Like when we come into this world, like when we're born into this world, we don't have all the societal pressures ingrained in us. So we're just like, I'm love and everybody else is love and I'm great as I am and I'm wonderful. And then we just get exposed to society and we start caring about and worrying about what might happen. And that just comes naturally because we're in society. But, but the closer we are to when we came into this world, the more that we're like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm just me. And that's, that's how it should be. And then it kind of becomes our 
our job as we turn into adults to relearn what we knew when we were newborns, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, relearning literally everything. Just like being gay growing up, like kind of relearning. There's things that I just wish I didn't feel bad about. And it's silly to think that I was even uh, like upset about certain things, like what people thought. And obviously that can get to you if it, you know, over time. And I think kind of having those little things throughout my year as a kid and just like, that's a part of my daily, you know, life, but I'm going to have to run in, into certain situations that are, people are going to think of me differently. And so it's just kind of like anxiety and and then also my adoptive parents were kind of, you know, like they were accepting, but I don't think they were fully accepting because I think they were still trying to put their values onto me and their, what they thought, you know, you're, you're my daughter, you do this as a girl, you do this as a girl mm -hmm. and so on. And like having to wear a dress, my mom would force me to wear a dress to mm -hmm. events and I just did not want to do it and other things like going to church when I felt like I had no choice and you know obviously I'm an adult now and I can make my own choices and I felt like that was liberating a couple of years ago I don't have to go to church with my mom if I don't want to yeah and I know that like every family you know, there when you're younger you just listen to your parents and you know that's all you know and and but yeah a lot of relearning certain things that my mom would tell me or my dad would tell me that I just don't believe anymore. I just don't want to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's sometimes such a hard thing to, it's a hard thing to take action on. That's one of the biggest things I work on with my clients usually is like doing things that you don't like to stop doing things that you don't want to do because it doesn't really benefit anybody in this situation. Even if people are pressuring you to do it and they get upset, if you don't do it, <laughs> it's still not benefiting them for you to force yourself to do that. And yeah, so that's something that you talk a lot about Mars, right? Like not, not doing what you don't want to do and uh, <laughs> setting up boundaries, right? Yes, boundaries. Also, let's see. Yeah, like I think setting uh, just on the top of going to church with my mom, like almost every holiday with, you know, relatives, it was just like, you have to go to church, you know, have to go to Easter mass, you have to go to you know, Christmas mm -hmm. mass. And it just came like, like, I am not getting up that early to go to church today. Like, this mm -hmm. is just not gonna happen this year. And just kind of held in it. It was like, I think it was tough for her to understand at first obviously along with other things and just like really owning what my values are as I got older and after college or during college I felt sort of still like I was following her values just to make her happy or following what she wanted me to be and just like my identity being like <laughs> being Hispanic being gay and just not what my mom, what I, this is a sad thought, but like there was a point where I thought that I just wasn't what she wanted in a daughter. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not true, but there was a very dark time where I felt like I was figuring a lot of things out with my mom and my parents got divorced. And so I like lived with her most the, the rest of when <laughs> they got divorced mm -hmm. and they, I just felt like there was times where she, her, her way of expressing her emotions was a lot different than mine. I have, a, I had a lot of emotions as a kid, as we all do, but it just felt like I was unapologetic about how I felt. And I just felt like I was misunderstood for my entire time when I was living with her in high school and middle school. And up until I moved out for college, I just felt like she just didn't understand me. And I, I felt like I couldn't go to her for emotional things. And there were like words like, or phrases like, don't cry. It's, it's not the end of the world or mm. don't cry. All these phrases uh, that I collectively had to write down actually in the last year and just kind of like, these were things I just didn't want to hear. And I think they just really hurt me as a kid. And, and I just had to like forgive myself as, 
as a little kid be like you didn't know like you, you it's your mom you love your mom you just thought like it's just, it's just what she says that's just who she is and at that point I think I felt guilt or I felt like I could have said something when I was younger but then I was like no it, it, it's not your fault like stop making it your fault like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's a trauma so. for sure like people and we like we hear it all the time most of us have probably said it ourselves again it's just like a societal habit that we have unfortunately but like telling people to stop crying is a trauma for them yes because it teaches us especially coming from our parents because it teaches us to suppress our emotions which is like basically the root of all health imbalances I've come to realize at this Mm -hmm. point in my career right Mars so it's like what, but awesome that you wrote all this stuff down. Like what got you to the place where you said to yourself, I'm going to write all this shit down and solve it or like not necessarily solve it, but like work through it. Yeah. I just, I think it was honestly during quarantine last year. So like a lot of time on my hands, a lot of thinking and I was still living with my mom and I just realized there was a lot of things that I wasn't okay with that she would say. And I, I myself was learning you know why I put up with it or why I was trying I like to see other people's side of things and Mm -hmm. that's just me I'm just so I don't want to step on anyone's shoes I just want to make no fuss (laughs) and I just for some reason it just snapped me and I just really wanted to figure out why like I feel like I don't know who I am I feel like I don't I feel like I have to say sorry for getting emotional, you know, all these little mm-hmm. things that I felt like I had to do over the years. And, and I just kind of had to look it up, you know, and just like figure it out. And, I, and it made sense that it was more of like an emotional neglect from my mom and maybe my dad not being present as physically in present. So when I was younger, before they got divorced, and I felt like my mom was always around. My dad wasn't very, wasn't around too much before the divorce. So having her just take over was like, she was there, but her emotional support wasn't as good as my dad's. Mm. So, and she's a very like, she's not harsh, but she's just, her wording is just like, you know, why are you so upset about this? Or it was just a lot of triggering phrases that I just was like wow that really didn't sound right and it still doesn't sound right to me and like I have people in my life that are so much more understanding when I get emotional and when I need a a shoulder to cry on or just to talk it out and so that just figuring out that it was legit like I was reading like what emotional neglect was and reading articles and watching TED Talks and stuff Mm -hmm. like that I'm like this is exactly how I feel like today like the effects of it is who I am. And I felt so lost. And like, so it was a lot of like, looking inside myself and looking at how I can move forward and not let this like, affect like setting boundaries, like finally setting boundaries for myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And so can you if there are, I'm saying if but I know that there are people that are listening that will be listening to us that would like to set some boundaries but don't quite know how what would you say to someone that would ask you like okay so how can I start setting boundaries with my family members who are also not treating me the way I want to be treated oh it it's still taking me time to like build a good relationship with my mom and I think there was a time where I was very bitter. I was very upset. I was like, I need an apology. There was a lot of hostility after realizing what I felt like I lost or what I was affected by. Mm. And I just felt it really hard. And I don't know if, like at first it was just space. It just was like, I was moved out and I just needed space. And Mm. I think that's good to also collect your thoughts after realizing, you know, maybe there are things you just you're still upset about and that's okay you just take time and also look into your own life like what people are showing you the correct feedback the correct things that just make sense when you're telling them something that you're um, like when you're in a bad state of mind or if you're just upset but I think something clicked with me earlier this year at the end of last year I was like I got to like let go of all the past stuff and just 
start clean. <laughs> mm. And I think that's what was really holding me back. I was just very upset about like, like when I would talk to her, I think I was just nitpicking everything she said. And it's like at a point where like speak up and just, you know, maybe like, this isn't how I'd like you to react to me or maybe just all together. Don't talk to this person. Like if they're not, you know, don't go to them for emotional support altogether. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's like, obviously there should, I feel like if, <laughs> sorry, but going to like just setting your boundaries, it makes sense to start small. And like, if there's a situation that just, you know, just randomly happens, I think it, it doesn't hurt to just be like, you're, you're saying it like this. So I don't really appreciate it like that. And, <laughs> and this is how I feel. And just, it's hard to, when you're talking to someone that doesn't understand why you feel the way you feel it is hard to talk to someone like that but Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes you just have to say it once and if it you know it doesn't go through maybe I don't know (laughs) it's hard I'm still trying to figure it out myself but I think just letting go of what you can't control because you can't you know mold everyone yeah 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 it's true like I feel like setting the art of boundary setting is like life's work like you hear some people talk about it like yeah I just like flipped a switch and started <laughs> like just just hardcore telling people everything that I feel and I think <laughs> for the right personality type that's possible if you're like by nature a very direct person but a lot of us on earth including myself I'm not a very like frank dry, straightforward, like, Hey, this is how it is. I'm like, I'm going to talk like this wavy back and forth. And that's okay for me to be like that. Right. And Mm -hmm. so for folks like me who are not like super straight shooters, boundary setting is an art. Yeah. That, that will just continue on throughout our lives, you know? And yeah, but I like what you say about just speaking up like I think just saying something instead of just letting it pass is like probably the number one most important thing Mm -hmm. even if it's not the words that you exactly wanted to say in my opinion it's better than saying nothing what do you think about that Mars oh definitely and I'm still the person that's just like it's fine I'll let it brush over or like it's like the type of person that's like you get your order wrong at the restaurant I don't want to send it back I'll just eat it Mm mm-hmm I don't want to make a fuss, but it's, 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 it's about you. So it it matters. And if it's affecting you, make it known, like, especially it just depends on your relationship of who you're trying to set boundaries with. Cause sometimes, you know, yeah, like I said, you just can't control, you know, how people react to certain things. And there are certain friends that you go to for certain things. And there's people, there are, the people in your life have a certain like place for you and a certain time to go to these people, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So true. Yeah. Understanding what everyone's strong suits are. I think, oh God, that's so fucking deep Mars. Like that's really <laughs> like, I love that. I love that topic. I'm just realizing now, I don't think we've talked about that quite yet on this podcast. Like, so for example, my dad is really good with hard skills. Like I've learned that now since I've like, strengthened my ties with him over the past couple of months. We had a really difficult relationship throughout my entire adult life up until like basically the past year. And I found out that he's really good with the hard skills. So like if you need someone to help you with your taxes, or if you need someone to help you with the like logistics, quote unquote, of moving or asking about buying a car or all of the practical stuff he's Mm -hmm. really good with. And my mom is really good with the soft skills. So she's like, we're very similar. My mom and I, she's very good with the emotion. If you're having a panic attack, call her because she'll talk to you and like, the sweetest voice and make you feel really heard and understand what you're saying. Right. But when I was younger, I noticed that like, I didn't know, I didn't really distinguish between their two personality types. And because of that, I wasn't expecting, 
I wasn't expecting them to be them. So it's like, it's like a form of not, like, it's a form of not fully accepting them. So Mm -hmm. I would go to them and ask them or talk to them in a way that was not compatible with their personalities, or I would expect something out of them that they were not really able to provide for me because they had their own special skills. And if something went against their special skills, it would be like, frustrating for them or difficult or like confusing for both of us. So now I know Mm -hmm. that like my dad is my hard skills person that I go to and my mom is my soft skills person. And so it sounded like Mars, you have had similar realizations in your life of like, okay, this is the person I go to for this. And for other topics, like, it's not like you try to avoid it necessarily, but you just you know that those are more sensitive topics than that mm-hmm. person's real strength, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think also just still, well, I think when I was a kid, you know, I expected the same out of both my parents. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I that, that was frustrating. And I think I was, when I was just trying to find who I am and just... Being gay, knowing that I was gay at an early age, it was also frustrating to like, mom, this is the experiences I'm experiencing. Like, isn't this like upsetting? Like, and it, she just didn't understand. Like she tried to, but like things like, you know, I don't like going to the bathroom because of this. And this happened to me or something happened at school that made me like, didn't, whatever. And mm-hmm. all together, just surrounding myself with mostly straight people and that's not a bad thing but it was you know like it would have been easier to have someone to you know talk to you about these situations and just growing up gay there's things that you kind of have to figure out yourself and like obviously I feel like when I was younger it was I had things I could look up things I could watch that would like make me understand like you know, my identity of being gay and stuff like that, watching shows or whatever, mm-hmm. but not as much as today. Like it makes me so happy that there's more just Netflix shows, Netflix movies, or mm. just like movies in general that are um, depicting more LGBT, the LGBT community. Mm. So it's, I kind of wish I had that when I was younger, <laughs> but mm. it's here now. And, but I feel like I also have to be a little nitpicky because some sh- some movies are just like this is the same old trope this is the same old mm. like you know we're gay we don't just come out <laughs> mm. so yeah it was just hard to find the right people to share those those like hard little experiences like this is really embarrassing this is what was embarrassing that happened to me at school today and it, I couldn't really share it with anyone so it was just like I don't feel understood <laughs> I felt yeah. so misunderstood such an angsty teenager. <laughs> no, but, but for real, like if you're not surrounded by other people that have similar preferences to you, it's so hard mm-hmm. to feel seen, right? Yeah. Also with dating, I think that there's this straight privilege as when you're in high school to kind of, you know, you could look at any boy or girl as whoever you are and well, the opposite sex to just be like, oh, let's go on a date. And they could say yes or no. I had to, and as that, like, I'm looking at people that I'm interested in and I'm like, are they gay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's, fu- it's funny, that. but it's also annoying. So, yeah. So, yeah, just little things like that. It's so true. Like, I avoided pursuing a girl for such a long time because I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Are they going to freak out at me if I, like, ask them I never I've 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 still had such limited times where I've like asked a girl out because it's still something that I have to work through because it's so nerve-wracking or also like with straight friends telling them that you're interested in females too and feeling like they're they're gonna think that you have a crush on them yes right (laughs) that classic classic (laughs) yes um yeah, like, yeah, I totally feel that, Mars. I totally feel that. Like, yeah. And I'm curious what you said earlier about, wait, what were you saying? Okay, in the movies. Yeah, when you said, oh. um, we're gay, we don't just come out. Can you explain yes. that a little bit more? Yeah, so I guess from my point of view, just there, okay, I'm just gonna list, list off a couple shows that you might yeah. not know, you might know the L word. Obviously, I watched that. 
<laughs> Why did I say that? But I think about it today and it, it's not really well written. It didn't represent people of color. It didn't represent like in a, in a good way. It didn't represent the trans community as it, as it should have. They have a newer show that's uh, Gen Q. I think it's a little bit better, but that's all I kind of had to go off of. Other movies like Imagine You and Me, it's the same thing. This, it's a, <laughs> a girl that meets a, another girl in a flower shop, I think. And this right girl's getting married soon. And then she leaves the wedding, the day of the wedding, and wants to be with the flower shop <laughs> girl. Mm. So it's just like things like that. It's the wedding trope where some girl sweeps the other, the straight girl off her, her feet and there's no wedding. <laughs> and then the coming out. But like, I'm not mad about the movies that do exist. I think they're great. And I like when new movies come out that are totally gay. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. But I'm going to be critical because I think it, it it's... But I think I've only just in the last couple of years have been more critical because I think I felt like I should just stay back and not be upset about certain things because I wanted it to fit in. And that's also tying with having white parents and going to mostly white school, not but our, northern was pretty diverse but like i felt like i don't know just a lot of there i just didn't really meet another gay person <laughs> until college <laughs> so yeah and it I, yeah so yeah mars and i for our listeners mars and i actually went to the same high school which is so we that's so fucking crazy <laughs> so funny <laughs> i was a little like, freshman and you were a senior i was like oh, gosh yeah, cool. i guess that's why well i also had like <laughs> a huge alcohol problem even back then so okay. i wasn't like i wasn't even coherent so it makes sense why we didn't really i was definitely in the what do you call it like the party okay scene <laughs> okay so the high school that we went to, it's like kind of a suburban high school, I guess you'd say. I mean, it's technically located in the suburbs, but yeah, there there isn't a lot. I don't know if it's changed, but there really is, sure. is not a lot of direct support. I think not so much even for people that are not white, but also right. for the LGBT community, it kind mm-hmm. of, in my eyes, it kind of fits the suburban stereotype. Like that was my that was my view of it. How do you feel, Mars? Yeah, I agree. I think I was looking for a PSA, uh, or oh, sorry, Gay Straight Alliance, G- GSA. <laughs> I say PSA. Yeah. But yeah, I think I do remember finding a club, but then it really didn't take off. It wasn't like consistent. There wasn't like a lot for that. There just really wasn't anything for the queer community. And mm-hmm. I like Northern. I didn't have a problem in it. Get bullied a lot, which I'm thankful for. I mean, it wasn't a swell. <laughs> it was a swell experience, I guess. <laughs> uh, it was just a lot of figuring things out. I, I was such a floater. I had a lot of, I didn't really have a set group of friends. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> every yeah. school could do better. And yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't like the worst school. So, I mean, yeah it's just like it's basically just like in our society still period there's just not a lot of support or recognition for people that don't fit into the straight white category (laughs) like which you know we're at a time now where we can be so much further past that but yeah like to tie up what you were saying mars about the shows that are out now like it's just good i love that you are educating us about how we can be a little bit more thoughtful on how we look at gay relationships or like just yeah. the LGBT queer community in general because yeah like I think <laughs> the issue with the issue is shows that show that shows that demonstrate queer relationships LGBT relationships as like a streamlined coming out process like oh it's so it's easy so then it's easy (laughs) and like this is like it's like a lifelong relationship that you develop with yourself right coming out is like Mm -hmm. it's a it's a long ass process Mm -hmm. okay so I'm gonna say in my view right for me it's feel it's been it's felt like a development like and and again it's like okay so it sounds like you agree I know for me like because I'm I'm not gender specific with who I'm attracted to I'm attracted with people's energies first and then the gender is like yeah whatever it is it is because of that 
I think that's part of the reason why it's been such an extended process for me, but I imagine it's an extended process for everybody in some shape or form, right? You just continue to learn about yourself. And I think that's one of our superpowers as people that don't fit into the straight category, because we are, we are kind of almost forced to do more introspection in our lives. Mm-hmm. So Mars, I'm curious, like, how do you feel? Do you, do you also feel like your coming up process is a lifelong development or do you feel like it was more of like a, um, yeah. How, how do you, how do you look at your coming out process? Yeah. So I think something that we have to remember too, is that, you know, like within the community, that everyone does have different experiences that some people are more passing some people are not which is so silly that you know like we have to check each other and within the community but like it's true like when I was growing up I was I'm attracted to more feminine women and obviously some of these women that I dated don't appear to be gay they just look straight in society and and I'm sure like they understand that you know I go to through different experiences versus them so there's there's they're passing but yeah I feel like my coming out has been like at first I I was like I get it I know what I know what I like and then also it just became after that I was like okay I know what I like I know this is me and I can't change it and I don't want to it's like presenting myself and being okay with certain things in my body and like just me like I don't care about anyone else but like how I feel like there are things that I would like shy away from like I'm not gonna buy that certain type of je- uh, pants jeans whatever because I think it's too mask or it's too this and also vice versa like buying clothes which is so silly that clothes are gendered all together <laughs> so mm-hmm. stupid yeah it's I just think we're moving whole... away from that yeah like, little by it's little just... I think we're gonna move away from that like all together like I hate that I like we're still I feel like a lot of us are ingrained with like boys blue girls pink and other things on that like just an umbrella of things that like we don't even realize or we just kind of do but we just go along with it and it's refreshing to see within the community that people are just doesn't have to be (laughs) this all the way or this all the way it can be in the middle and I love that and last year I felt like my, this is going into a different topic now, but my pronouns, I felt like I obviously identify as girl, but there are certain like female terms I just hate. Like I think ma'am and sir are just so outdated. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> those are, like why? Those. Why are and, those still used? Yeah. And I want to go into generational differences in a bit, but yeah, I, oh man. And I just had to like, I was like, there are things I just really hate hearing people call me. And sometimes during the day when I'm at work or something and people just slip up, I'm just like, I don't want to bother with that today. And then some days I do. And then some days I'm just like, whatever. Then some days it hits me. I'm like, I hated that they called me (laughs) sir. And I get mistaken that again with the whole growing up and going to the bathroom and someone being like, are you a girl or a boy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But just being misgendered sucks Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you're not passing within the community or just just when someone misgenders in general, it just sucks. But figuring that out last year, I felt really good about she, they pronouns and just like obviously cutting like he pronouns because I obviously don't identify with that. But also I was talking to my girlfriend about like certain terms and this, when this was all happening and she's, she asked like, do you like handsome as a compliment? I'm like, you know what? I actually kind of do and then it was just really cute and just like <laughs> like wow there <laughs> I've never thought about that I, this is a safe space with her and I and why why can't it not be it was just weird that I felt like didn't even think of that or just felt like wow it feels good <laughs> so just kind of still figuring out what I like which is fun so that's so fucking cool I love that <laughs> point I love that point it doesn't have to be Handsome is just for people that identify as he. Yeah. Him, right? Yeah. Handsome could be for anyone. Exactly. Right? As long as it feels good. Yeah. Like there are so many, it just speaks to you, Mars, how much of our language is still like sneakily gendered and not like, like, 
let it to simplify all of this, like to to do our best to simplify all of this. Why don't we just start honing in on the words that make us feel really good? Like we yeah. can throw it in the trash, like throw gender in the <laughs> trash, and just think about what words feel good to you. Because a lot of people they use this argument of like, well, it's just so complicated now. Now I feel like I can never <laughs> say anything to anyone because it's just too complicated. What ask somebody what words they like about themselves. <laughs> Ask them questions about themselves, right? Exactly. Like, just see what they like. It, it has to be, it's that fucking simple. And mm. same with ourselves. Not like it's simple to figure out what our, our identity is. Like, again, in my view, it's life's work. Like, literally for everybody, it's life's work. But to, to, to just simplify that process for us as well, just to ask ourselves, do I like that word or not? We like right. just do our best to take out the gender part of it, close words and just see what feels good. And it doesn't mean you're, you're this, or you, you fit into this box that you're in this box. Now it doesn't, <laughs> it's just, you're you like you're you. Exactly. And I also wanted to highlight the point you made about passing like visually as straight, how that's such a mm-hmm. thing. That's really right. a thing that, mm-hmm. that a lot of us don't think about like, oh, well, this person's gay and they seem to do totally fine. Okay. Well, everyone has a different, everyone has mm-hmm. a different life experience and passing as straight is that is privilege. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is definitely. And it's kind of that topic of straight privilege. I feel like that's something growing up. I've had mostly straight friends. Like I'll have Honestly, all my gay friends are my exes. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. We're, <laughs> it's fine. We were meant to be friends. But yeah, I think growing up, having straight friends, it, it was a, there are things that are a little difficult that they just didn't understand. Like they would you know, be like, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you, but they just don't understand. Mm, oh, fuck um, yeah. They, fu- they want to see you, but it's just something like they can't fully because they, don't, they, don't, they haven't had the experience themselves exactly that's, that's part of it and right? i know that like i'm not gonna blame every single straight friend that i've had or have and but it's like do your homework you know like if you're an ally like you know like understand like everyone has a different experience literally everyone oh i wanted to suggest a <laughs> hopefully it's still on there but a netflix series that's i was like so happy to find it's called feel good and it's on netflix i think there's only one season and i think season two is coming out soon but that series the show was like the first show that i felt like i was being represented in a way that was butch lesbian gay queer like somewhat androgynous i I still like i felt like this was like the first show that fucking got me like the whole like that happened to me when i was a kid that happens happens to me all the time being this mm-hmm. like just like going like at the watching the show i'm like this is amazing mm. so it was really reassuring to like see myself on like through a like in a show like seeing yourself represented is so important and that just mm-hmm. goes for just anyone in the community anyone people any people of color like just whoever feels othered i think just there's needs to be more representation of like us and, and shows and media. And I know that's getting, it's getting better. It is. It's great. But can, it can get a lot better. <laughs> so. Yeah, totally. And especially after so many decades of little to no representation of anybody yeah. else that don't yep. fit in a certain box. Like imagine growing up, like for anyone who does kind of fit in that box where you're kind of, like someone like you is very represented in media or in dolls or in yeah children's toys or books. Imagine not seeing someone who looks like you or would do something that you would do in books and children's toys and all of that, right? Like that's yeah. that's like traumatic and already you know brings up so many identity questions and like why am I not that am I not that important or something? Is that why I'm not mm-hmm. like someone like me isn't represented? And yeah, that's a lot of things to like validate, you know. Yeah. It's a really um, valid, valid thing. Definitely. Mars, I'd love to also talk about you mentioned generational differences. Can we talk yes. about that? Yes. So I think <laughs> I don't know if like everyone else feels like this but I feel like a lot of at least our generation has sort of had this switch like why did we put up with that when we were kids why did we why did we not care about politics so much up until I don't know like I just felt like that a lot of us 
and a millennial, a Gen Z, maybe felt like, you know, we're not going to put up with certain things that the old generation is kind of, we're ignorant about or uh, silly about. It's just, it, it's refreshing when I was growing up, you know, like along with understanding what my mom will like, uh, give me feedback, how she'll give me feedback when I'm emotional and all this stuff. And I think it was just very, like for her growing up, it was like, you just do what you have to do get by and you'll be fine <laughs> and you just gotta be tough and mm. you know like and it's obviously she's still learning and I think it's we can't just completely write off her generation but it's it's been frustrating because like things are different like rent is higher 15 an hour is not enough <laughs> 12 an hour is not enough to live off of and just things were different and it's hard to get that through certain like people that are a little bit older than us and mm-hmm also using pronouns and how they don't understand and it just takes an extra step because we use they them all the time like Mm -hmm. all the time (laughs) it's just an extra step and it's my mom has been learning and I'm I'm happy that she's trying to be a better ally and it's good that she like this last year our relationship has gotten better and she's just asking more questions that she normally wouldn't like yeah she accepted me when I came out and she still you know she loves me and she supports me but that extra step to ask like why is this the way this is and how, how do you identify like what do you think of this and is this right to say this and just those questions coming from her is like it's good it's just genuinely like I'm glad you're you're learning too and yeah it matters <laughs> mm-hmm. so and there's those people that just don't make sense so I, I won't even bother with people that don't even understand people like you and I and like just living in the past that's just not I'm not even giving a space for them yeah Um, you mean like people that wouldn't even give it a second to like wouldn't even give it a second thought to be careful about how they address you yeah address me or just be ignorant about like the just things are different yeah (laughs) different now right (laughs) Just understand. And I think with um, those folks, well, yeah, you mentioned like, let's not even give them space. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's a, probably a good idea. I, I just did want to mention if I can, Mars, like I feel yeah. like the root of that attitude, like I'm not even going to give it, a, I'm just not even going to give it a chance. I'm not, no, it's too much work. It's too hard. Like you are, what, I don't even know what people say, whatever it is. Folks like that, like the root of that is fear. Like it's not that hard to do a couple different things. You know what? I've had people that are our age say that stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like it's, it's, it's too much. You can't keep track of it. That's just not true. That's just not true. Like I don't have time for it. No, it's not like I spend my entire life trying to keep up with all the trends. I don't. And it's still easy for me to just like ask people how they want to be addressed. Like it's not, it's not that difficult. So I get the side of it where it's like, what, like just, just not understanding them and not, and not giving them time makes a lot of sense. Like, who do we want to spend our time on here? And like, when is it a waste of time? And the way that I try to look at folks like that is just, it's all just fear. It's not that they don't have enough time. It's not that it's too hard. It's not that they somehow know that we're like lying and that's not really how we want to be addressed. It's a fear. They're scared because change brings fear. And in some people uh, that's really, really strong because they're very situated in their ways. So for me, I'm like, okay, you're just scared. Like they're just like a little baby on the inside. That's kind of how I look at them. I mean, what what's exactly? Your oh yeah, just yeah. like yeah, I've definitely heard people our age like kind of kind of not realize certain th- in in terms of the queer community and just like being kind of about phrases or stuff like that and just not really understanding things. Um, yeah, it's frustrating, but I think unless they're directly you know within my daily like life, like at work or if at uh, like if I meet someone through a friend or whatever, it's just like, if you're going to hang out with me a certain period of time, I'm probably going to catch you. Just try to bring up, like, just check you. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to check each other and it doesn't have to be in a hostile way. And if it's, if you think it's going to be hostile, there's probably no space for you to even reciprocate and just give feedback. Cause I think you can tell when people are just far into their own values or 
thoughts or whatever they got going on <laughs> that they're not going to change their mind. Also, I was going to say randomly that I think when I was kind of paying attention to what companies donate to anti-LGBT charities or whatever, there are some like like to an extent you have to really dig and see if that's true and i was for some reason i was on just trying to figure out like a couple companies and see like because it was pride months last year and i was just really interested like you know what companies actually give a shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of like just you know cashing in and capitalizing off of uh june (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like it's and i had to check you know my my straight friends like you know like just because this is like they're having a sale and it's 10% towards this community or this charity. Like that's not a lot. Crap. <laughs> it's just not. It's, it's crap. crap. <laughs> they're, they're doing a lot of stuff that hurts the LGBTQ community yes. the rest of the year. Yep. <laughs> so it's up to us to do our research and it's not mm-hmm. that hard. It's it not isn't. that hard. I'm going to tell everyone right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just figure out who you can support. We have to do that with everything in our lives now anyway. Like not like yeah, we just have to be good. at the computer all day. I'm telling you, it doesn't take that much. It doesn't take that much effort. Like to, to look up some local supermarkets in your area, that kind of thing. Look up the actual clothing mm-hmm. businesses you want to support, right? There's so much, there's a lot of hype on that right now and that's good like let's use that so same Mm -hmm. goes for june same goes for same goes for um that month where we can like we can celebrate lgbt pride in a more thoughtful way and like if you call yourself an ally then act like one right like act like one it doesn't have to be your full-time job but like do your research and make sure that you're truly behind you're truly behind a business that is truly supporting what were you yes i kind of had a conversation with someone last year about chick-fil-a because they were they sent me something like i'm at chick-fil-a and i was like girl they don't support the gays like very (laughs) openly they don't (laughs) don't. um no if ifs ands or buts like this you you gotta know that and then they said like but their sauce is so good it's so good I'm, i'm just like but they don't they donate money to anti like they this is what they do like yeah and i know i can't like police everyone not going there but like come on like it's just chicken yeah <laughs> or and the sauce so isn't much good they... fried chicken that's made by like local kitchens like oh, you can make yeah. your own too oh hell yeah I mean, <laughs> but yeah and then like the sauce is such a thing but then i realized like isn't it out publicly like you can literally remake it like make it your like your own concoction of it or whatever mm-hmm. this ugh, like listen you don't want to go there, don't support them you can go somewhere else yeah 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 I think it's good I like that what you say about just speaking up speaking up about stuff like that because it's true like folks in the straight community it doesn't directly affect them so like, oh yeah this person was like oh it's not a big deal it's just food and i'm like but genuinely do you want your money going towards you know some like a charity that's gonna go against people like me like yeah <laughs> you know me you've known me so priorities um, baby like, <laughs> think about it yeah so I guess Mars, we're at like an hour. Yeah, I'm we're good now. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm like I want to talk to you for three more hours. Yeah, goodbye, <laughs> bye everybody. Okay, so I would love to tie this up. I would love to hear about like how our listeners can get a little bit more involved. So obviously, like baseline, do your research about stuff, all that stuff. It's not like Mars's job to do all your research for you. Like right, right. your own research, that's part of your path. So do you have some, like, do you have some, some thoughts on how people can start to get a little bit more involved and learn more about this? Like whether it's general advice or more specific advice? Yeah, I guess on the topic of just the queer community, like you could just literally, you know, like fill your feed, like Instagram feed, Twitter feed Mm. with more LGBTQ like content. It's really up to you. Like, you know, if you find, you know, someone that's kind of like, it's really popular. Honestly, YouTube is great too. And then, like I mentioned before, check out Feel Good if you're into new stuff on Netflix. There's just so much out there. Just finding a, queer creator is 
also supportive and just like seeing in their lives and stuff like that. Just filling your feed with that is awesome too. Mm -hmm. Um, And they can support your art as well. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, like like, forget about me. Forget about me. Yeah. Well, that's my job to be like Mars is awesome. Support. (laughs) Um, True. Like, yeah, we're going to talk in a little bit how to find Mars and support her art and just like, yeah, stay in contact if you'd like, but that's also a side of it. I love that point too. Like support, like we're supporting more local artists now and creators of everything, journals and bags and clothes and makeup and just like art pieces in general, furniture, like you can find a local creator for basically everything in your life. You can also support queer artists too like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So Mars, before we get to like how we can support you and keep in contact with you, I ask every podcast (laughs) guest this question. What do you think, (laughs) what do you think the root of health is? What do you think like the baseline root of health is? What a question. Mm -hmm. Man, I think, mm. It's like a, it's an intense question. Like it It covers a lot, but like, what do you think in your life? Like what, what was, what, what has been the root of health in your life? Like what's the common denominator there? Honestly, I just really love keeping good human connections around me. Mm. I think that just personally, like I thrive on deep conversations on like just human connection and just connecting through music, connecting through subjects and talking and just understanding really how life is and can be and just kind of inspiring. I feel like those conversations inspire you to like kickstart certain things in your life or just make you feel better about like in a moment, like, wow, this conversation is great. I'm here. I'm alive. Mm -hmm. I think every time I've had a deep conversation with someone I it's like the one thing I remember the most like in life like yeah just keeping good healthy people around you because yeah we can't do this alone we can't can't be on your own for everything so yeah yeah I love it that's so beautiful that's so beautiful Okay, Mars, where can we find you? How can we support you? How can we support your art? How can we support your hand poke tattoos? If gosh. you're in the Michigan area. Oh, uh, gosh. Me? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have an Instagram. It's at Marmaka, M-A-R-M-A-C-A-W. I do illustrations mostly. I'm also a little bit of photographer on the side. I lo- just do a lot of creative things. I love drawing uh, skulls and anatomy. And then also I started hand poking and gave Emily a tooth tattoo. What was it like a couple months ago? Mm. Yeah. So I've been picking that up and it's been fun. I haven't done it a lot lately, but I do very small pokes. So yeah. Yep. Gorgeous art, gorgeous hand pokes. Mars gave me a sick tooth tattoo and it healed like perfectly. Like it's so beautiful. And it's so interesting with hand poke tattoos, like the, because it's just a bunch of dots, you can get this like really interesting 3D ish look. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard okay. for me to explain, but it just looks a lot softer. Like if you make something up of a bunch of little dots, it's so much different than like, it's so much more organic looking than like mm-hmm. some hard lines. Um, So interesting, but anyway, amazing tattoos, like gorgeous art. So everybody check her out. I'm going to have all of her like links and how everybody can contact her linked in the show notes. Mars, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence tonight and just sharing all this super valuable information and teaching us a lot about you and how we can further connect to each other. It's so important. And I just really appreciate you being here. Yes. Yeah. I want to be a part of this cute little community. You keep growing. I just, yeah, I love everything that you're doing. And I'm happy that you found like this, all these gifts that like, I'm just excited for you too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, it's an honor to have you as a part of this community. 
Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Mars. Awesome. Thank you. I hope you loved this interview with Mars Black, illustrator and hand poke tattoo artist. I have all of Mars's contact information linked in the show notes, so check out these notes to support her work, to purchase her illustrations, to get tattooed by her if you're in Michigan. So many amazing options for how to contact Mars and support her stuff. Please do that. And if you did love this episode, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review, share this podcast with your community. And if you'd like to book an intuitive body reading session with me, DM me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening or head to the link in my bio on Instagram to schedule a session. I am Emily Kosick, intuitive health coach and CEO of Root Awakening. Thanks so much for listening to this interview. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for supporting natural health, for spreading the word about this podcast, for spreading the word about important information that more people need to know about. I am so excited to hear from you soon. Thank you all. See you on the next episode.